This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Dominic Booth who's a Cardiff City writer for Wales Online and a host of the podcast, Blakey's Boot Room. He's on to share his thoughts on Cardiff City ahead of the match against Fulham. This is our view of the opposition show, which is our preview for the upcoming match. I look forward to doing this show, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome my guest to the show. Dominic, welcome to Cottage Talk. Hi, Russ. Nice to talk to you. Well, it's great to talk to you, Dominic. I look forward to doing this show with you and learning more about Cardiff City. Obviously, I know them very well from the championship, but this is a new season in the Premier League. So let's just get your opening thoughts on Cardiff City so far in the Premier League. Well, obviously, eight games in, and it's been a, a poor start. You know, no one can deny that. Cardiff going up last season, uh, there was a lot of hope that they might start the season better with the momentum that they had from last season. Obviously, a tremendous run. Both Cardiff and Fulham uh, were in fantastic shape at the end of last season. Obviously, the Premier League is a, is a different matter altogether, a lot tougher. Uh, and the reality of that has, has been hard for Cardiff. They, they found it really difficult. Obviously, only picking up two win, uh, two draws so far, should I say, and, and probably would have felt like they should have had a win, or at, least, at least one, maybe even two, from those first eight games. Uh, so, yeah, two points in. Uh, from eight games, yeah, a lot of the Cardiff fans are, feeling, are starting to feel a little despondent, a little bit disappointed from their return. But you know, we'll probably get onto this later. But it's a it's a crucial game this weekend, and Cardiff will feel like they can they can get a win and and tick that first thing off really from the season. 
I think that goes both ways. Obviously, Fulham have won one match so far this season, but they're going to look at it the exact same way. So this is a huge match, and we'll definitely get into that very soon. But before we do that, I just want to mention I was listening on your podcast. Your show discussed that Neil Warnock has finally found the right shape for Cardiff City, that it's taken a while to find it. So could you just clarify and just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so they started the season using the similar shape from last season, which is basically a 4-3-3 with three really hard-working midfielders and then a really quick front line. Kenneth Zahor was the main striker last season. He led, he led that forward line really well with his pace and power. It hasn't quite worked out for Zahor in the Premier League so far this season, so that led Warnock to explore other options. Uh, he went with a, a basic 4-4-2 from then on and tried to attack uh, even bigger and better teams. They played against Chelsea and Arsenal and really tried to go at them. Obviously, it didn't quite work out. They shipped a few goals in those games. So Warnock has now settled on a system which centres around the talents of their lone player from Real Betis, Victor Camarasa, who plays yep. in the number 10 role. So he he's now the focal point in what you probably call a 4-4-1-1, maybe a 4-5-1. Uh, but the striker in that system is still unknown. But right. Warnock at least seems to have found a system with two wingers on either side who are both quick and will both get forward and with a good balance in midfield, which is what we were talking about in the podcast. With Camarasa as the most creative, talented player on the ball in that number 10 role. It would be interesting to see if they stick with that against Fulham, to be honest with you, because last season, obviously, they played against Fulham two times. Uh, they didn't manage to get a win in either of those games. So it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see what system uh, Neil Warnock chooses against Fulham, who are very familiar to Cardiff, of course. Sure. Very interested to see what he comes up with as well, because uh, on your podcast, I'll just mention this right now, you were guys were talking about having three in central midfield and how they, you feel that in your podcast, you were talking about that as a group, you need that moving forward in the Premier League. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, Camarasa, who I mentioned, is is, uh, is very well suited to playing in, in a three-man midfield. But we do feel, uh, most Cardiff fans will probably feel this, that he needs two people behind him to offer that protection, to do the running in midfield, do the, the hard yards, if you like. Harry Arter is superb at doing that. He's probably Cardiff's most experienced midfielder when it comes to Premier League football. He, you know, he, he can make the tackles, he can read the game, make the interceptions and do that, that real dog's work, really, uh, in the middle of the of the pitch. So Camarasa, key to what Cardiff do, but he needs people behind him. Cardiff are going to be out without Joe Rowles for this game because yep. he was suspended uh, after getting a red card against Tottenham. So they're going to welcome back in a really experienced player, probably one that's familiar to Fulham fans, and Aaron Gunnison, who's played no, in the well. Championship for a long, long time. Yep. Um, so I think with those three, with Camarasa, Gunnison and Ar- Arter, Cardiff will probably have a good balance of, you know, three different types of players, a bit of variety in in the midfield. And that's something they haven't really had this season. So, yeah, that'll be really important. Okay. And going back to your podcast, I believe it was you who said that you're very fond of Riles. But do you think that having Gunnison come back, that really you're not losing too much having him as the replacement, I guess? No, it is like for like. It is like for like. But Gunnison has a bit more experience and certainly – that defence-mindedness that you need in that position, obviously with Arter and Camarasa, who both have the ability to look forward and play forward passes, you need someone then as a third player with that um, defensive-mindedness. So Gunnison's perfect for that, and he's also very experienced. The Cardiff fans really, really like him. Been there a long, long time now. He was there last time in the Premier League back in 2013-14. So, yeah, I think I don't think there'll be too much of a difference in 
in in personnel personnel. Okay, excellent. Let's go back and talk about Kenneth Zohor. He's a player that I talked about a great deal in Cottage Talk last season. And you've mentioned already and also on your podcast that it just hasn't been working out with him in the Premier League. And I think uh, you guys are still looking for that striker that you need. And if I remember, one of the uh, co-hosts was talking about the fact that Zohor is more of a flick-on guy and you're looking for more of a focal point. Is that part of the reason why you're not seeing the the best out of him and also the position at striker? Yeah, it's almost like Cardiff need to combine the strengths of their various forward options. Uh, I mean, actually, Patterson, who played against Tottenham last time out, he's yep. more flick-on. He He's better in the air with, with his head. And Zahor has different strengths. He's more He sort of runs into the channels, uses his strength a bit more. You almost need a bit of everything, and Cardiff haven't got it at the moment. Uh, ironically, the, wrong, the one player who I would have thought would have been absolutely perfect for Cardiff uh, is Alexander Mitrovic, who was fantastic <laughs> right. in the Championship last season. He would absolutely, he would be the perfect player um, to play up front on his own for Cardiff because he's got the strength, he's got the pace, yep. he's got the ability in the air. Cardiff's forward at the moment, yeah, he can do it they've all. all got a bit of each. Yeah. So um, Zahor's found it really, really tough. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think he will actually play this weekend, to be honest with you. Okay. Very interesting. Again, he's a player that I feared in the championship. So, uh, yeah, he was great in the championship, which hasn't made he a was. step up. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, I, obviously, Fulham have run into that issue with some of their players, Dominic, that were very highly thought of in the uh, championship. You know, I'll, I'll name them to you. Kevin McDonald and, of course, uh, Stefan Johansson. And they have, in my opinion, not been able to come up to this level. They found their level. And uh, I love Kevin McDonald, and I think he can help them in uh, – certain situations but I think uh definitely uh someone like uh Stefan Johansson's out of his depth and I think that's what happens when you come up to the Premier League you find the players that are at one level and then the players that have to be at another level and and some get left behind and it sounds like unfortunately Zohor is one that's struggling at this level yeah I mean I watched a lot of Fulham last year I was very very impressed with a lot of their players and thought they would make the step up very very quickly because of their style of play more than anything, Cardiff's yep. style of play you always thought needed to be adapted, uh, and Neil Warner, to his you know to his credit, has tried to adapt it and has, has brought some players in. But yet, like you say, people get left behind because of that. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of champ- championship players that Cardiff still have in their squad who probably need to be moved on in all honesty, and, and they probably need to bring in more players in January. But I guess if you're in a Cardiff position, you don't have a huge amount of money to spend. That's going to take time. You're not going to be able to do that all in one summer. Well, that's what Fulham tried to do, and we'll talk about that in a little bit when when I get your thoughts on Fulham, because they certainly have taken a different route than Cardiff City, and you also mentioned on your podcast of what Wolves did. So each team did a little bit different coming up to the Premier League, and I'll definitely get your thoughts when we talk about Fulham. But let's still focus on Cardiff City, and who do you see your key players on Saturday against Fulham? I'm sure you named one or two that – you think have to be key for the Cardiff City to get all three points? Yeah, I think the key player in recent weeks has been Josh Murphy for Cardiff. Okay. He seems to have a real electric pace. I mean, I watched him. I was at the game at Wembley against Tottenham a couple of weeks ago, and he absolutely outraced Danny Rose for one ball to create a chance for Cardiff. Uh, and to do that against a player of, his, of Rose's ability and pace is absolutely astonishing. And Murphy's done that all season. He's he's worried defenders. He's got defenders on the back foot with his pace, his directness. Scored a great goal against Burnley a few weeks ago. Cardiff will be looking to get the ball out to him, probably on the left wing. 
uh, and just create create havoc, really. And I think one area that that kind of be looking to exploit is those fullbacks from Fulham this weekend. Yep. That's one where Eric Cardiff can get a lot of joy. They've always been really good down the flanks, even in the Championship. So, uh, and Murphy's been probably the best addition in the summer. Uh, I'm really excited by him as a player. Okay. How about on the other side? I heard you mentioned that you were not too thrilled about Junior Hoyland. Again, a player making the step up. Yeah, it's strange because he was fantastic last season and I thought could have been in contention with people like Ryan Sessegnon and Tom Kearney as the championship player of the season. Last year, Hoyler, he was absolutely fantastic and he scored 10 goals. But another one like Zahoy, you, you, you just looked at it in the season and you thought, it doesn't look like he's got the confidence. He looks like he's struggling for a bit of form. He's not beating players. He's not He's not taking it on, really. There's a situation against Chelsea, I think we mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he looked like he was going to take on Azpilicueta, you know, get past him on the left-hand side, get a cross in, and he just turned back and passed it back to the full-back. And that was symptomatic of his confidence at the moment. Just doesn't seem to be where it was at last season. I'm sure a lot of fans will be familiar with Hoylet. Uh, and as a Premier League player, you know, he's been yeah. there with Blackburn before and QPR. But That's right. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to see him firing at the moment with the form he's been showing this season. Okay, excellent. All right, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses of Cardiff City. I feel like I, I had a good gauge of strengths and weaknesses in the championship. I'm curious if anything has changed since they've uh, come up to the Premier League. And let's start with uh, what WhoScore.com has as strengths and weaknesses. And then I want to get your thoughts if they match what you know of uh, Cardiff City. Dominic, this is what they say, okay? Strength. And this one I totally agree with. Very strong aerial duels. Attacking set Absolutely. pieces and creating scoring chances, all strong. Let's, let's just talk about the strengths and then we'll talk about the weaknesses. I agree with all this from whoscore.com, just from my history, and I'm sure you're going to back me up on this. And what I've also watched definitely backs that up as well. I have seen Cardiff City play a little bit, and it just it seems like a similar team, but I'm curious if there are any differences. But let's talk about the strengths. Well, you talk about, you know, in the air, very, very strong. I think Callum Patterson, who may well play in the in the striker position this weekend, I don't think anyone has won more aerial duels per 90 minutes this season in the Premier League than Patterson. So you have to say that's a big strength. Sean Morrison, everyone knows about his um, ability in the air, in both boxes, defensively uh, and in attacking third. He's very strong. Can't disagree with that. Set yeah. pieces, Cardiff has scored a couple of goals on set pieces already this season. Can't disagree with that. Uh, and they do create chances, you know. That they haven't actually scored as many from ch- from the chances they've created this season so far. But I would back them to create, you know, five, six, seven good chances of the weekend. So yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that, and that's why I wanted just to see if it backs up because it's similar to what I remember of Cardiff City, and I watched a good amount of matches, Dominic, especially at the end of the season when Fulham and Cardiff were going back and forth to see who would get second. So I started watching all these. Cardiff City matches, and uh, that's the team I remember. Yeah. So I was curious if things had changed. It sounds like they're pretty similar. Let's now look at the weaknesses, what they say from whoscore.com. Keeping possession of the ball, defending against long shots, defending set pieces, and very weak finishing scoring chances. I have a feeling they probably did a pretty good job here. Yeah, I would, the first one, absolutely. Cardiff don't keep the ball very well. That's never been their game. And they have tried to adapt slightly, so they try and get a bit more of the ball uh, this season because they've had to, because otherwise they'd be having 10% of the possession, to be honest, against some of the teams in the Premier League. So, yeah, they're they're not a possession team. That's that's not something they try to be strong at. That's fair enough. 
Um, the, the one that surprises me there is defending from set pieces. I actually agree with it. In this season, it has been a weakness of Cardiff's, but it really shouldn't be because it's a, right. if they can head the ball in the opposition's box, they should be able to head the ball away in their own box. They have conceded a few goals and set pieces this season. I think that will really annoy Neil Warnock to see that stat. There'll be something to be working really hard on the training ground. I, I know he will be, to be honest with you. So that's the biggest biggest surprise when you say those weaknesses and yep. something that Cardiff have to eradicate because they, they're going to concede goals from open play against some of these teams, the quality of these teams have. But as you can see from set pieces, it'd be a really sickener, I think. Okay. Very good. And uh, if we're just talking about possession, I, I just want to share a couple of stats because this just shows the differences of the teams here because Fulham are a possession-based team. And in the league, and this is, again, from whoscore.com, Fulham are eighth at 51.9%. And Cardiff are 19th, and I'm shocked by this number, 38.9%. Yeah, no, that that doesn't surprise me at all. It surprised me that it's as high as that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think last season they had one of the lowest in the championship and they still okay. managed to get promoted. So, uh, yeah, possession, it, it just isn't their game. Okay. I, I'd like to see them going forward, try and get more of the ball, try and get it down, use some of these more quality players that they now have yep. and play with the ball a little bit more. But they're not going to stay up. You know, Burnley last season, I think, had one of the lowest possession stats and they managed to finish seventh. So it's not all about possession. Okay, very good. All right. Now, I want to get your thoughts on Fulham. And before we do that, I want to talk about what I listened to on your podcast. It's a very interesting topic for us to talk about. All three teams that were promoted have looked at this season very differently. You have Wolves that basically have a settled team, but just added pieces to it. They've spent money, but they've added to what they already have. Basically, their system is in place and they have their team. Then you have Cardiff City, which, again, basically bringing up the same players from the championship, adding a few players, but it's really on that same level. I think you're going to agree with me on that to make the step up and not really spend a lot of money. And then on the flip side, you have Fulham that have basically bought a brand new team along with some players that you know, like Tom Kearney and and, uh, Alexander Mitrovic, I know he was on loan, but he was with us last season and, and, and a couple of other players, but basically bought all these players. And all three teams have looked at this very differently. I want your thoughts on this because I listened to your podcast. It was an interesting discussion on that. What do you think about how Fulham have built their team? I'm curious your thoughts on it. Well, personally, I didn't think Fulham had to do too much in the summer, and I'm surprised by the amount they have done. I think they needed to improve their defense, and they, they obviously did that in a big, big way. Alfie Mawson is an interesting player, someone I watched a little bit because I covered Swansea yep. uh, a little bit last season where he was. I thought he was a very good player and I thought it would be a very good signing for Fulham. I don't think it's quite worked out so far, so that's interesting. Um, they've signed Schürrle from, uh, you know, obviously a German World Cup winner who I thought looked like a great signing, so I couldn't really argue with that even though I thought <laughs> uh, attacking-wise, Fulham didn't need too much. So the business they've actually have done I thought it looked good. I think everyone admitted that they, you know, they've they've been very bold in spending how much they have, but you can't argue with the players they've signed. It probably just takes some time, to be honest with you. And I, yeah. I don't think Fulham should be do, should be looking to do much more business in January, whereas Cardiff probably have left a couple of positions needed to be filled in January. So maybe maybe we'll see come February, March, Fulham will have that little bit more togetherness and cohesion and might start getting results later in the season. 
we're still at early days, aren't we? So sure. um, it it would be remain to see whether Jukanovic can blend his squad and and create something that's a little bit more cohesive. Whereas Cardiff aren't the finished package at all yet, uh, even even with the players they have brought in. Okay, very good. And you know, and again, it's just a different approach of how these teams yeah. have looked at it. And who's to say the approach of Cardiff City is? Uh, worse or better than Fulham's. It's just, you know, we'll have to see. I find it interesting how you guys were talking about it being three different ways, and you're right. So we'll, we'll see well, how they kind of agree on is that Wolves seem to have got it right, don't they? Yes. You know, the results they've been getting and, how, like you say, how settled their team is. You, you can't argue with that. No. They've got a system and they stick to it, and, it, and it's working for them. It is, and I uh, have to give them credit because they've just added to what they already have, and they look like uh, – they looked like a Premier League team last season, and they look more so this season. And uh, it's actually very impressive what's going on with Wolves. All right, my friend, let's now talk about players that concern you for this match from a Cardiff City perspective on Fulham. The players in Fulham concern me. Again, I'll reference him again, Alexander Mitrovic. I think he's an absolute, you know, he's an absolute barnstorming presence up front. He's a Premier League player. Uh, was ready made Premier League player when Fulham got him in the Championship, and no wonder he tore up the Championship like he did. Uh, Cardiff had problems against a lot of strikers this season. They had problems with Sam Bokes against Burnley. They had problems with Lacazette and Aubameyang against Arsenal. So I think um, Mitrovic be a real handful. And like we said, Cardiff actually conceded a few goals from set pieces. There's no reason why Mitrovic can't can't do something there, and especially with the ball at his feet and running at the Cardiff defence, which isn't the quickest. Do worry a little bit about about Mitrovic to be honest with you. Probably also um, if he plays Ryan Sessegnon. The players always really impressed me. I think he scored against Cardiff last season at Craven Cottage when it was 1-1 between the sides. He was playing a very advanced position that day and I hadn't actually seen him play that position before. He'd been a left-back before that. So yep. depending where Sessegnon plays, he obviously he, everyone's talked about him for a, for a while now. Hugely talented player and probably only a matter of time before he gets into the England setup. Okay, very good. Very good there, my friend. All right. Let's now get a little bit further into this preview. And let's do matchups because I think this is going to be very interesting. And I want you to give me your thoughts, which team has the advantage in each matchup. So let's now talk about Fulham's attack versus Cardiff City's defense, which I remember being extremely solid. What do you give the advantage to here? It's an interesting one because it's probably the biggest strength of both teams, Cardiff's yeah. defence and Fulham's attack. Um, I would probably have to give the advantage to Cardiff, to be honest with you. Uh, I think if there's a, as much as Mitrovic does worry me, I think Cardiff will know him really well. They've seen enough of him, especially last season. Warnock definitely had a look at him and, and would have tried to sign him if, if he hadn't had such close ties to Fulham, Mitrovic. But... Um, He's not blessed with ridiculous pace. He's quick, but he's not blessed with so much pace that will trouble Sol Bamber and Sean Morrison. So unless you get the likes of uh, Schurler, Vieto, whoever else is going to play joining in, I think Cardiff may just be able to contain Fulham uh, in this one. Okay. And in case you don't know, Tom Kearney is out for this match. According to yeah, that's a big bonus for Cardiff. I really have yeah, to say it's that. Actually, uh, I for, for me. <laughs> yeah. Because I actually feel, Dominic, that Fulham have missed Tom Kearney because I think that uh, he will help out a great deal, unlock and help uh, Jean-Michael Serry because Jean-Michael Serry is an excellent player, and I think once he returns, you will see them 
work very well together. And I think uh, they miss Kearney. And that's actually a kind of a big deal for you that he's not going to be available for this match. I, I hate to agree with you, but, but you're right on that. All right. Let's go. So from a Cardiff point of view. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the flip side. Cardiff City's attack, which has not been the greatest, and Fulham's defense obviously has been poor. <laughs> Who do you give the advantage to here? Uh, can I say neither of them? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say a push. Yeah, I, I can't even say that, that who Cardiff's attack's going to be, to be honest with you. Yep. I think maybe down the flanks I'd give Cardiff the advantage because of Murphy. Um, okay. I think him taking on either of the, the Fulham fullbacks. He'll be coming down the left. So he'll be going against the right back who's going to be, he will be going Chambers against Christie. or Christie. He'll be Christie, going against yeah. Christie. I think maybe Cardiff might have the edge there. Uh, but, yes, um, they will. The rest of the... The rest of the um, positions, I think, in the sense that Fulham should have the edge. I mean, okay. I think that Alfie Mawson is a really good player. I think Tim Ream is a really good player. Yeah. They maybe haven't had the best um, time so far, Fulham. But um, Well, there yeah, hasn't been a settled said... back four, honestly, Dominic. That's no. been part of the problem. Injuries and then, of course, trying to find the right players. Tim Ream has been injured. You just mentioned Mawson and trying to find the right mix. We're going to have to see, actually. I shouldn't say it's going to be Cyrus Christie because I'm hoping – I hoping that you actually see Fulham have uh, Timothy Fosu-Mensa, who's actually coming back from an injury. And uh, Savisi Okanovic's presser said that, you know, again, he said he's not 100%, but it sounded like he could be available. That would be a big deal because Cyrus Christie has struggled. He struggled against Everton and certainly struggled mightily against Arsenal. So I'm hoping that you see Mensa, and then things might be a little bit different because I think he is – a better right back. We we shall see yeah, there, Fo- my friend. Fosamens is a good player, but I, I think, yeah. um, ironically, Fulham fans probably think I'm very, very strange for giving Fulham the advantage in defence and not in attack, <laughs> but it's just because of Cardiff's strengths and weaknesses sure. that I say that. Okay, very good. Well, let's talk about central midfield. And I'm curious your thoughts on this. We've already talked about how you're going with a midfield three now. You believe so. So who do you give the advantage here to? Because Fulham's Midfield, again, I mentioned John Michael Seri. I'm expecting Anguisa, or it could be Kevin McDonald because of how he knows Cardiff City. So I, I shouldn't say it's going to definitely be uh, Anguisa, but your thoughts about who has the advantage here because this is where Fulham like to control the game. Yeah, uh, and I think Fulham will probably have the, the control uh, in the most part, especially with Seri. I know he's absolutely past master. And uh, it was interesting. Some really big clubs before he came to Fulham. Yeah. So... I'm very been very impressed with him so far. Like you say, Kearney is a miss in that in that position because yep. he can link midfield and attack really well. And um, we've probably put Cardiff on the back foot every time I've seen him against Cardiff. He's done that. So um, even without him, I've always been impressed with McDonald because I think he does the he does the sort of untidy stuff in the midfield really he well, and he'll give it to give it to Seri, let Seri push on and do the creative stuff. I give the advantage to Fulham very very firmly here. Even okay. though I like Cardiff's um, more defensive attributes in midfield with, with a Harry Arter, probably the, the best exponent of that. Okay, very good. All right, this is going to be very interesting. Let's talk about who has the coaching advantage. We're talking about Neil Warnock oh. and Savisi Okanovic. So what are your thoughts about the two coaches and how different they are? Well, I actually wrote a piece on Wales Online um, today about how um, Fulham and Cardiff are the same but different in a way. They've taken <laughs> similar routes. They've got they've got managers who have both got a lot of experience of promotion from the Championship. Jukanovic obviously is the only foreign manager to win promotion twice from the uh, Championship to the Premier League. 
Warlock's obviously done it uh, loads and loads of times. Eight times he's won promotion from various leagues. So they both know what they're doing. They're both very, very experienced managers. Jokanovic is obviously intent on this attractive attacking football. Warnock has always been more of a back-to-basics kind of guy. Uh, so it's been, always been a very, very intriguing battle between the two of them, but there's a huge amount of respect between them as well. Yeah. Um, if I could take... I'm going to be very, very diplomatic in my answer here. If I could take Jokanovic's tactical brain and I could take Warnock's man management and motivational skills and fuse the two, I think that would be a perfect manager. So I, I go completely 50-50 here. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right. Let's go into my section of predictions. Before I get your prediction for the match, I always like to put my guest on the spot. So let's start here. What does Cardiff City need to do to win the match? How do they win it? Score from a set piece. <laughs> that's my one-word answer. Thinking the same thing. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I think it'll come down to. I think it'll be two KG teams, oh. and uh, and Cardiff might, might just nick it. Okay. I'm thinking about Morrison on a set piece. That's what scares me, honestly. Um, I think it scares a few teams, but it just needs to happen a bit more for Cardiff to get that <laughs> win, which they haven't had so far. Okay. Now I'm going to put you in the shoes of Jokanovic. How does he win this match? How does Fulham win this match? They overload Cardiff and they dominate the ball for 70-80% of the time uh, and they cut them open if they can. They've got to use all their all their attacking abilities and get the best out of all their attacking players because Ability-wise, they really should have it. Uh, I honestly think they've got the ability in the team, but it, it just needs to it just needs to click, you know. Okay, I should have asked you this when we talked about the beginning of your season. I watched part of the Tottenham match, and I got to say, I was actually fairly impressed with the approach of Cardiff City. I thought, you know, again, I think it was on your show where you talked about that that Cardiff City were in one gear and Spurs were, in, you know, in a different gear, not in in a high gear. So I get that, but your thoughts on what you saw in that match, and is that something that encourages you, or do you think that had something to do with the approach of Tottenham, that they weren't just at the races the entire match? No, I think I think Cardiff did well to limit Spurs, and, and something, something that Cardiff did made Spurs play into second gear. It wasn't just Spurs came out and they couldn't be bothered and they, they weren't trying. I think Cardiff did really well to actually um, you know, deny Harry Kane the space and things like that. Yeah. So I, I think that Cardiff are quite good at, at shackling the team and, and stopping them playing to their strengths. It happened for a time against Chelsea when they played them early in the season, against Arsenal as well. Um, so I think Cardiff can take positives from that game. Of course they can, uh, in how they limited a, a naturally attacking team. They have to they have to learn from that in the in the Fulham game, but just not concede from a silly set piece like they did against Spurs. Okay, very good. All right, prediction time. Your prediction for us. What's your prediction for this match, Dominic? Uh, Well, I cover Cardiff. I see them every week. Uh, A lot of the fans follow me on Twitter. Um, And I am actually going to be very, very positive. I'm going to say a 1-0 win for Cardiff this weekend. Okay, very good. All right. I am going to go with a Fulham victory. Obviously, uh, it's a... Big spot for both teams. And uh, I'm going to say two to one to Fulham because I think that you will score. I'm talking about Cardiff City on a set piece like we're talking about. But I think that uh, Fulham are going to score a couple goals here. I do. I, I feel good about that. And uh, we'll see uh, We'll see who's right. It'll probably end up being a draw, Dominic. It probably will be. I have said that. It'll probably end up a draw, but it'll be very interesting. 
Okay, excellent. Listen, Dominic, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. Please tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I should have uh, started the show with that because you obviously write on, on Wales Online and you have this great podcast that you're part of. Yeah, so I write about Cardiff City for Wales Online and uh, I host and produce the podcast Blakey's Boot Room, uh, which is on iTunes uh, and all the other podcast places. So we discuss Cardiff City every week uh, and we're still waiting to discuss our first win of the season. So, uh, yeah, come along and join us for that. Okay, excellent. And I, I highly recommend you listening to this podcast. It truly was excellent. I got so much out of it. I already told you this off air, Dominic. You know, that, that last episode, I. I listened in full, and uh, I felt like I learned something about Cardiff City. A little bit more, obviously, about this season. Obviously, I knew a good amount of them from last season. But the tidbits that you guys were were giving throughout these eight matches kind of got me up to speed because I, I like to know about Fulham's opponent. You did an excellent job of doing that, not just for the Cardiff City supporters, but for anyone that wants to know about Cardiff City. So you do an excellent job. All right. Oh, cheers. That's what we're aiming for. <laughs> Of course. Okay, let's wrap up the show. For my guest, Dominic Booth, I am Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.